Critics have said he has a face for radio and a voice for silent film. And now, here is your host, Ben Gordon. Hello. Hello. That was a little bit much. It's the Doc G Show. That's why it was a little bit much. Jeez. We are on the air. It is Wednesday, and we are ready to party with you. Nice. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Justin Hype City Evangelista. Let's ride and uh-huh. party hardy, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Justin, I'm glad to see that you did not die from self shellfish allergies. What? Oh, thank you. You saw that Snapchat, man? I saw this. It was crazy. This past weekend. I know you have troubles with shellfish. I know. I accidentally ate a shrimp, guys, in a in a, in a dumpling. That's a fact. So it was scary. But thank God Benadryl was there to save me and give me a good night's rest because it was not non-drowsy. That's good, man. I'm glad that you got drowsy off of... Benadryl. That's the Heck best thing. Heck yeah. Uh, I, this past weekend, when you were uh, overcoming the, the powers of shrimp. An anaphylactic shock. Yes. I did something I'm not too proud of, Justin. Uh, what did you do? Hmm. I'm going to blame it on the hurricane. It was still, you know, I was still off my normal course of, of things because of the hurricane. Still getting back in the regular okay. routine. I went to Taco Bell. There, I said it. Wait, were you it. able to get Taco Bell? Because did you not see the line? I went. Taco I Bell? went to Taco. I went south of the border, oh. and by that I mean I went to a skanky fast food restaurant that barely passes for Mexican food. Hey, that's a but fact. man, is it good? Baja Blast. It is good. I don't know how, if. If it's possible to be the carnival food of fast food, that's what that's what Taco Bell is. Carnival food, okay. Yeah, it, and I realized this when I was waiting to get food there. The exterior of the restaurant looks like the cantina they go in in Star Wars on Tatooine. Jeez, that's what it looks like. You, that's that's what they went for in the exterior. It's like this futuristic, but out in the desert. Deal. Uh, yeah, I could see that. And when I when I realized that, I got even. I felt even worse about myself because then not only was I being fat and going to Taco Bell, I was also a giant nerd that was relating the the fat fest to Taco Bell or to Star Wars. It. Girl, come on. It was bad. It was bad. I used the drive-through. Wait, what? Out of shame. Not laziness. Oh. I didn't want more people to see my face in Taco Bell than had to. You know, just the drive through worker. That'd be enough. That would be enough. And while I was sitting in line, I thought about it. How how do you order a Locos taco with a straight face? Hmm. How, how do you go up there? I mean, first of all, <laughs> that's... That, that's not even proper Spanish. Nope. Right? It's Yeah, is that... It's it's reverse. Yes. You put the adjective. You put tacos the, locos. Yes. And I feel like when when they were sitting there coming up with it, like you know, there was a guy that spoke Spanish, and he was like, it, "It's actually it's actually taco loco, not not locos taco." And they were like, "Nope, no, we like locos taco. That's what we're going with." I feel like when you order a locos taco, when you're like, "Hey, I'd like a locos taco, please," I, like I feel like. Tacos. I feel like they should be like, 
do you mean a taco wrapped in a giant Dorito, you worthless turd? Who? And you have to reply yes. That's what you, and I would. I'd be like, yeah, that's what I mean. That's, bring it on. So I had like four cars in front of me. Four other people that when they saw friends and family the next day weren't going to be able to admit that they went to Taco Bell, just like me. That's a fact. Uh... And I had my window down while I was waiting, and the guy in front of me started going through the most elaborate order I have ever heard at a Taco Bell. I mean, substituting things, asking for dashes and pinches. Really? Dash of lettuce, pinch of cheese. Wait, what? Like he's making a masterpiece cuisine. Nope. You're at Taco Bell. You're not even at Moe's. You're at Taco Bell. Everything is the same. You shouldn't even be making those kind of requests if you're going to Taco Bell. No, exactly. If you're going to make those requests, then go to somewhere like Moe's or Chipotle. Go go somewhere where you pay more than like a dollar for an entree. True. I was I was un is unbelievable. Then I was questioning everything in life, everything that had brought me to this drive-through window at that night, and a dude came driving in to the parking lot mm. to almost empty empty Taco Bell parking lot at almost 10 p.m. in a Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. And he backed into a space. Word. Okay. In an empty Taco Bell parking lot at 10 p.m. Oh, he backed into a... <laughs> in a Honda Civic, backed into a space. Just cross that line, dude. Just pull up into it. Let, let that sink in, listeners. There's only a couple reasons you back into a space. One, you have a nice car. You don't want to hurt your front bumper with a careless pull-in. He was in a Honda Civic. I repeat, he was not in a nice car. Don't worry. I can say that. I drive a Honda Civic. I know they're not nice. Hybrid. They're utility. They, they, They serve a purpose. That is it. They are not there to look good. Okay, I know that. Second reason you pull into a spot or you back into a spot, is you need a quick getaway. I don't think this guy was robbing the Taco Bell, Hmm. nor is he Batman waiting on the bat signal. I don't think he needs to get out of this Taco Bell fast. So that's not the reason why you would back in. Then the last reason you would back in, the last reason it's, and this isn't a good reason to back in, but it's a reason. It's a tight parking spot, and you want to show off your superior parking skills. This was not a, tar- a tight sp- parking spot. There was, was no one else there. It was empty. And the only person that was watching, to my knowledge, was me. <laughs> that was the only person. He did it to impress you. Or she did it to impress. Was it a he? It was a he. Okay. And he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt. What? Oh, nice. Yeah. It was me and Sir back in getting Taco Bell. It stained me, Justin. It stained me. I need some holy water to wash off the stain. You know what the holy water is? Hmm. Me? That's right. You and this show. Hey. Let's wash it off, man. Let's wash it. Let me wash you. All right. Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me bathe you. This got pretty, pretty crazy. Let's fire it up, Justin. All right, man. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Justin, we've got a doozy of a show. Huh? Doozy, okay. Yeah, and by doozy, I mean humdinger. What? Hmm? And by humdinger, I mean rip snorter. Stop that. And by rip snorter, I mean Jim Dandy. Word. And by Jim Dandy, I mean good. Oh. 
Get to good. It. We have a good show. Jeez. We've man. got music by Sirius Bright. Sirius? Tyler Anthony, founder, singer, guitarist. He's going to be on for an interview later on the show. That's nice, right. Man. Nice. Just uh, just a little uh, info for you guys out there. On SoundCloud alone, just on SoundCloud, their hit song, Stella, over 150,000 listens. Stella? Yeah. That's a fact. Staying Alive, they got a cover of the BG song, really? Staying Alive. 130,000 views on YouTube. They make their own rendition of it? They it? make their own rendition. They own it. It's a complete different feel. You know, does it make you enjoy staying alive? It does. It's 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 inspirational staying alive oh. and less dancing staying alive. You know, hmm. this uh, Knoxville band is a big deal, and we got them on the show, guys. And then, of course, well, the rest of the show is amazing, as per usual. Are you ready for the birthday suit, Justin? Of course, man. Happy birthday, Mr. President. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. All three today are difficult they're not easy this is the easiest one so if you fail on this one we know we're in for some trouble for the rest of them you don't know me that's true i don't Nope. not enough i need to get to know you more now let's do it come let's on hit me up with these, these, these clues. life experiences born september 20th 1977 in rockingham north carolina his given, that's a real place that's a real place his given <laughs> birth name was uh, Terius Youngdell Nash. Hmm. Yes. Terius Youngdell Nash. He moved to Atlanta when he was two with his mom and began learning trumpet early in elementary school, eventually also learning guitar and drums as well. He started off as a producer, producing songs for B2K... Britney Spears, and eventually producing Rihanna's smash hit, Umbrella, Ella, Ella, A. His debut album, Love Hate, had smash hits, Shawty is a 10, and Falsetto. Oh, man, I know now. Who are we talking about? The Dream. The Dream. Shawty right there is a 10, a 10. He's, he hits those notes. He man. does, man. He's a radio killer. Illa, Illa. I Ay. like it. He, uh, he. Shawty rock to the beat. Turning, the turning the big four o. Say what? Yeah, big four o. You know, side note, he has wrote some pretty amazing songs. Umbrella yeah. was him. All of the lights. Uh, Kanye was him. No mm -hmm. Church in the Wild, probably one of my no favorite. No Church in the Wild. Jay-Z slash Kanye songs. Holy, Watch the Throne. Holy Grail, that was nice. him. Ultra Light Beam. Just oh, out. wow, that that's a good one. Yeah, so he's he's wrote some killers. Happy birthday. That was one dream. of the few good ones off that album yeah. with Kanye. Yeah, a little rough on that one. Yeah. Um, all right, Justin, are you ready to rip the headlines? I want to rip it with you. Oh, yeah. And now, the news. Justin, there's a monster under the streets of London. <gasps> in the sewers. Hmm. A mythical creature no, threatening the city. Its name, Whitechapel Fatberg. What? Wait, what? Whitechapel Fat, what? Whitechapel Fatberg. Berg? Yeah. Okay. New York Times describes this monster as an amalgamation of fat... Disposable wipers, diapers, condoms, 
and tampons. Ew. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Whitechapel Fatberg. Their words, not mine. The Fatberg is said to weigh 140 tons. Jesus. And in the words of Thames Water, what? who uh, is the supervisor of those parts, oh. it has a overwhelming smell of rotting meat and a smelly toilet. Oh. Yeah. My favorite. Sweet. Don't worry. They're sending in a team to break up the monster. That's right. Apparently, uh, it's a giant clog is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A giant clog of disgusting things. How'd they get right? to where it was like, wait a ton, man? Well, no well, one like... Apparently, what happens, right, is the chemicals in the like disposable wipers and the wipes, those are the big problems. They like create the cement for like a concrete almost. Mm. Like when they mix with grease... They make this really solid, gross combination that just, like, uh, seals everything else in. Sick. Yeah, it's real sick. Um, and <laughs> they, they've got to break up 140 tons of that. Yeah, they got, a, they got a team, though. They're sending in a team of, you know, instead of Ghostbusters, uh... Fatberg busters that are Fat going bird. in there. Yeah. Why is it Whitechapel? Is that not, the I, area? I think I think the streets. It's not on Whitechapel. Maybe it's like a. It's uh, well. One of the things about the the uh, grease. They've been telling all the restaurants in the area to start using grease traps because again the grease combines with those chemicals and makes it. So maybe it's like a a restaurant near the place. True, I, like I a White know. Castle, yeah. but it's a White Chapel. Yeah. Maybe so, but uh, yeah. So they're hoping they're bringing in a team, and hopefully they'll be able to break it up. It's they're planning on taking several weeks though. Nice. I got to be honest. If I was sitting in my office, which I'm guessing the guys that are on this team don't have an office, probably more probably of a not. truck. Yeah. But still, if I was sitting in my truck and they were like, "Oh, hey, by the way, we got a 140 uh, pile of." 140 ton pile of turd. Ew. Uh, we need you to break it up. I'd be like, oh man, really? Can I give you my two weeks? But like, oh, leave now instead of in two weeks. How does that work? Can oh. I just quit? <laughs> like, there's no way I would want to clean up 140 pound, uh, 140 tons of fat, disposable wiper, uh, wipers, diapers, condoms, and tampons. Ew. That sounds like a horrible time. Or a dream come true for some people. Hats off to you folks that are doing that. Hats off. Justin, how's your vision? It's good. I'm pretty sure. Solid. Yeah, man. Seeing things Didn't, clearly. Don't need glasses. I'm good. Been eating my carrots. Good. Well, some people aren't seeing things clearly, apparently. I I would believe so. Just this past week, the first lawsuits on faulty ecl e eclipse eyeglasses were filed. That's your fault. <laughs> that is your fault. So there was a whole New York Times article on this. In the article, the author was surprised. They were they were flabbergasted to find out. There were no federal regulations on the specifications on how to make eclipse glasses. Word. I mean, really? You think something that happens? You, yeah, you think there's going to be regulations? I mean, we don't have regulation. We don't. We don't even have a total on how many people are shot by police officers in a year. They don't even Ooh. keep a book of that. That's a fact. And you think that we're going to have regulations on something that happens like every twenty years? Nope. Yeah. If that. Seriously. Right. But. The article, uh, they point out some differences between real eclipse glasses and some counterfeits. 
they pointed out on a pair of counterfeits that instead of saying enjoy the sunshine like the real ones did, it said enjoy, enjoy the sunshine. Hmm. S U N S H Y. Dot dot dot. Hmm. The sunshine. I can only hope the other side of the glasses said, "Sorry, you're now blind." <laughs> but they couldn't read that, so. Oh, sad. But they put it in braille. Justin. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. They apologized. It's all right now that I'm blind. <laughs> what? Uh, Justin, you're not going to believe this, but apparently these companies that were putting out counterfeit glasses, they just they just wanted to make money. Girl, come on. Unbelievable, right? That there are people out there that would do that. Jeez. Mm. Unbelievable. Apparently there are people in this world that just care about making money and don't care about the welfare welfare of others. Jeez. Well, luckily we still have hedge fund managers, cigarette company owners, coal company owners, Wells Fargo, pharmaceutical companies, and other people who really care about our welfare, right? Mm. I was being facetious. I know that. Oh, God. Uh, Justin, I mentioned it uh, a while back on our show, but it's back. What? A Jaguar is back in Arizona. Jaguar. That's right. What? That's right. They're making a comeback. Uh, they recently filmed another one on a wildlife camera in Arizona. This one named Sombra. Hmm, that's nice. It's a cool name. Yeah, since 2015, there have been three different jaguars spotted in Arizona. Jaguar. We've got El Jefe, we've got Yoko, and we've got Sombra. Sombra. That's right. Apparently, the most recent uh, person that named this jaguar is a fan of Homus. Yeah, would be my guess. Sabre would be my guess. I don't know, but I'm glad to see it. Hopefully, our Arizona counterparts will not uh, kill these jaguars. <laughs> Hopefully, they will live for a long time. Justin, I've got a fashion trend that I think you can set the world ablaze with. What is it? The sleeves only sweater. Wait, what? That's right. I'm trying to pick just sleeves. Calvin Klein recently in- introduced this sweater uh, that it's got like it's got the normal sleeves of like what a typical sweater would look like, right? Yeah. And then the rest of the sweater is just completely see-through. Hmm. So what? Imagine the complete opposite of a sweater vest, and that's what you got. Yeah. You yeah. just get the sleeves. Yeah, just the sleeves, and then like a sheer. See-through, so you can really get your nips a going. Is it like a plastic? It's. I. I think it's like a like a like sort of like a almost like a pantyhose type deal. You know, right? Maybe not as tight, but that sort of deal. Dang it! Yeah. So if you're looking for a way to wear a sweater, but also look shirtless, Hmm. this is your way to do it, Justin. It's pretty cool. It will cost you $1,200, though. What? Okay, not cool anymore. $1,200. For sleeves, people. For sleeves. I had no idea invisible shirts cost that much. Nope. That is ridiculous. But if there's a way you want to free the nip, Wait, what? that is a way to do it for $1,200. Freeing the nip for $1,200. That is not worth it. Justin, I've got to mention this because it happened again. This time in Converse, Texas. That's right. Converse. All-star city. Converse, Texas. Police found another escaped tortoise. Girl, come on! That had apparently run away from home. Don't call it an escaped tortoise (laughs) because you get 
so much crap for that. Actually, How you know. do these tortoises keep escaping from their home? They're tortoises. That's a fact. Their max speed is not overwhelming. I don't get it. And they're pretty big too, right? They're like, huge. So like, why, why didn't anybody see it and I say, don't hey? No. I am going to ask uh, Tyler when he comes on the show about his uh, interaction with the tortoise. Though I saw on Instagram that he uh, interacted with Big Al nice. at uh, Knoxville's uh, zoo. Oh, Big okay. Al's over 150 years old. What? It's not bad. What an old tortoise. Anyways, Justin, uh, have you ever been chased by the police? Jeez. No, I usually just pull over if they're good. Me. That's a good plan. That is a good plan. Well, uh, Jose Jimenez Jose. had an interesting idea when he was chased by the police. What is it? Jose was being chased by the police in Massachusetts last week. Um, so he got pulled over for a traffic stop. And he already knew he was wanted on assault and battery with a dangerous weapon. Nice. So he was like, you know what? I'm speeding off. Yeah. And he sped off. And he managed to get away uh, uh, further, far enough away from the cops that he felt pretty good enough to ditch his car. So he ditched his car and he ran on foot. In the midst of running, he saw a nearby business called Osprey Wireless. Osprey. That's right, Osprey. Yeah, he noticed that uh, they were hiring. And he casually strolled in while being chased by the cops and asked the general manager, Jeff Moran, uh, how the hiring process goes. What? Look, he did it to uh, to ward off ward off the scent, man. You're not going to... Police won't know. He literally walked in. Hey, you guys got any jobs? And then walked in and started an interview. Wow. Cool and calm. Just started the interview. Moran said in the middle of the interview... Uh, he said this, I see all these police cars from every direction pulling in the parking lot, scrambling about. And I said, boy, there goes a police dog by the window. And he said, let me see. And he gets up and walks over to the window. Wait, what? Just didn't even, wasn't like, oh, I don't, totally don't know what that's about. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just walks over, checks it out. Service manager of Osprey Wireless thought that was a little odd. And he went outside and uh, talked to one of the officers, and they showed him a picture of Jose, and he was like, oh, that dude's inside right now trying to get a job. So true. Wow. And they came in and arrested him. But, I mean, I got to be honest. The police have got to utilize Jose for something. Because, I mean, <laughs> that guy being that cool under pressure, he's got to have something useful as far as that. Exactly. Like, how do you how do you play it that cool in that situation? I'd be sweating profusely oh. as soon as I heard a dog. I'd go sprinting out the other side like ah oh, no like just played it cool the whole yeah, you time. You gotta play it cool. All right, Justin, it's time to stop faking the funk. Are you ready? I'm gonna try. I'm you're gonna, gonna you're gonna break your streak. Let's hope so. Here we go. First, first headline: Stolen blind goat returned to Canadian animal sanctuary. It's hmm. a good one. Second one. Blind goat blamed for power outage of entire Canadian town. Damn, that's awesome. Hmm. That's two. Stolen blind goat returned to Canadian animal sanctuary. Or blind goat blamed for power outage of entire Canadian town. Which one is the real headline? Stolen blind goat. Stolen blind goat. You're back on track. My friend. Yes. There it is. So Daisy. 
is the blind baby goat. Yeah, who stole that? <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you... They don't know. Was stolen from the farm animal rescue and rehoming movement in Alberta, Canada. How do they know it's a blind goat? Is it just like sensory if they... Well, apparently, I was going to get this uh, get to this a little bit later in the story, oh, but sorry. apparently Daisy uh, came into her condition by being attacked by a crow shortly after she was born. What? Oh, man. Come on, crow. Girl, what come are you on. doing? Why'd you attack a baby goat? That's You mean crow? Like, geez. That is pretty mean. It's uncalled for. So apparently, uh, they didn't know where Daisy had gone nope. uh, until they got a call from a neighbor, and they were like, hey, that blind goat you guys got, it's down the road from me, sitting in a field. And they were like, oh, man, we'll, we'll come get it. Uh, So this is what the owner of the sanctuary said. They said, my husband and I had gone out uh, on a lead uh, from an animal communicator saying that she was a kilometer or so down the road. Uh, We really believe this is is it. We're going to find our goat. And sure enough, we were getting ready to give up when our neighbor called us. She also said it was apparent that someone dropped Daisy off because it had been raining that day, but the goat was dry that's how they know it didn't escape yet someone stole it the goat was dry that's right it was dry and not wet which i was like really couldn't have just like hit under something yeah like i mean that's not the only way it could be dry but but also it is blind so it wouldn't know what to hide under yeah it's got super senses you know it's got a super sense of smell and touch with its hooves. Foley offered $10,000 reward before she found it. $10,000. Where is an animal sanctuary going to get $10,000? Who knows? For a goat. I mean, you know, I'm all for Daisy being returned, uh, you know, to her to a rifle home. But geez, ten thousand uh, dollars. Apparently, uh, it got back, and now Daisy is on her strict regimen of medication and uh, what Foley uh, calls goat yoga. Hmm. So she does. Didn't goat you? Yoga. Wasn't that in a? No, yeah, it was. yeah, goat yoga. We yes. had that way back when. Yeah, yes, man. I remember that. Yeah, goat yoga was a thing. I, I could have sworn it was a goat or cat. It was well, both. We had both. Yes. We had all types of animal yoga, but this is actual yoga for the goat, not goat yoga as in people doing yoga around. I freaking love it. Yeah, man. It's good stuff. All right, guys. Justin, we've got to do it. I've got to play their best-known song, dude. I've got to play some Stella by Sirius Bright. Stella. That's right. Remember, we'll have Tyler Anthony in just a couple of minutes on the show. So remember to keep it locked here on the Doc G Show. This is Sirius Bright with Stella. Turning my heart 
gave me something to miss I don't need anybody I'm fine here on my own But if I needed somebody It'd be you I call my own I don't need anybody I'm fine here on my own But if I needed somebody It'd be you I call my own Intercept you as you walk toward the door. Well, I know you've danced a hundred songs, but stay with me one more. Didn't know how I could tell you, but you could already tell. I don't need anybody. I'm fine here on my own, but if I needed somebody, it'd be you. And we are back on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Little reminder, podcast. What? Would you listen to it, please? Someone? Once or twice? Jeez. Make me feel good? Nope. Please. Yes, we could stop talking like this, guys. This is scary. <laughs> Girl, come on! Anyways... Let's go on to my favorite topic of the show. Why would you review that? America! Justin, it's time to do a local attraction. Oh, okay. Can it's I guess t- or no? Yeah, well, I don't know. It's not that local. It's down in St. Augustine. Hmm. Castillo de San Marcos. God, okay. That's right. Justin, you've been, haven't you? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I'm on a field trip. Few facts. Uh, the oldest masonry fort in the continental United States. Engineer Ignacio Daza engineered it. Uh, work began on the fort 1672, 100 years after the area of St. Augustine was colonized. Uh, when the British took over it in 1763, they changed the name to Fort St. Mark. Word. What a lame name they changed it to. Then uh, it was taken back over by the Spanish. And then they returned made it Spanish. Back, returned back to Castillo de San Marcos. That sounds better. Yeah, right? And then America took over it in 1821, and we called it Fort Marion. Lame. That's my girlfriend's name. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then in uh, 1933, we made it a non-active. We deactivated the fort. It was no longer actually used as a fort. Okay. Uh, And then... I like deactivate a fort. Surprisingly, Congress in 1942 were like, hey, you know what? That first name was way cooler. 
Let's call it by its original name again. So they they went back to Castillo de San Marcos instead of Fort Marion. So we got a pretty good amount of reviews. 2,565 reviews. Only 14. Only 14 one-star reviews. That is... Say what? That's a record. You got to do all 14. So I actually had to dip a little bit into two-star reviews for it. That's right. Mm, they're good, cheater. though. Trust me. Are you they're sure? Good. They're good stuff. So it's 345 years old. It sits on Mentanza's Bay. It's a national monument. What would you have to say about it? Well, let's, let's see. Let's see. Let's see, Justin. This quote from PR. That's right. Just initials. No time for a full name. Puerto Rican. What? <laughs> it's a Puerto Rican. Quote, employee had no interest to explain what I would be paying for, comma. Rude exclamation point. Come on. End you, quote. You should know already. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, if this employee didn't fully answer your question. Uh, or he is like a British Queen's guard and just didn't say anything <laughs> and just stood there. But uh, just for your information, PR, uh, you're paying for the preservation of the oldest fort in America and the preservation of a national park. And most importantly, you're paying so you can get past the gate where they make you pay for things and you can see what you came to see. So true. That's what you're paying for. That's a fact. Just in case you're wondering. So take your review off. What? Uh, Christine Reyna. Reina. She said, it. quote, there are cooler and cleaner forts in Florida that are free, period. Not worth the price of admission, $10 per person, or the headache of parking, parentheses, another cost, end quote. Girl, come on! Whoa! Christine, I'm sorry Castillo de San Marcos couldn't get their 345-year-old stone clean enough for you. Yeah! I don't know what was so dirty about the fort. If you could go into a little bit more detail about that. Hmm. And then on top of that, you can park in free spots. It's just a little bit farther away from the fort. That is if true. you're not lazy. Get your steps in, girl. Right. Get your if steps not, in, Reina. If you're not lazy, you can you can pay. You don't have to pay for parking. And plus, it's a nice walk. And the $10, that's to appreciate history. Oh. All right? Marie Marrier... One two seven. Words. Right. Marie Marrier one two seven had this to say: "Quote, they went to an all-time low, allowing ghost hunting shows to filmed, quote, ghost, end quote." Hmm. Marie. Wait, why was it an all-time low? Yeah. Come on now. Come on. That's not an all-time low. That's an all-time high. That's a fact. Did they discover that the fort indeed was haunted by all sorts of Spanish slash British slash Confederate soldier ghosts? Word. You bet they did. Historical fact discovered. Thank you, Ghost Hunting Show, for discovering all of those ghosts. If it wasn't for them, Marie, we wouldn't know about all of those ghosts. Nope. Is it Ghost Hunters? I, I guess. I didn't actually see the show. You'd have to ask Marie. Probably. Yeah. But come on. It was a now we know, luckily. The about one all thing those she's ghosts. complaining about. That's right. Ridiculous. Now, it's ridiculous. Now we have to go up to the two stars. Oh. That's right. Two stars, but they were pretty <laughs> once again, they're, they're still pretty solid. solid. Okay. Loretta Erickson going rogue on a review. Hmm. Only two stars. 
as I did not have enough information for a full review. Only saw it from a distance. Wait, what? End quote. Then why review review it if you went in there? <laughs> review you that's what the reviews are for if you actually experienced it. Hey, come on, Loretta. That's actually that's good though. It's a good troll. Come on, He's Loretta. Such a troll. I did I didn't go in it. Girl, come on. I di- I didn't just review the Taco Bell because I just drove by it. I ate the Taco Bell. That's why I reviewed it on the show. Grade A troll right there, Loretta. I got my food. I ate it. I enjoyed my food. And I hated myself for a little more than a day afterwards. All right? That's what happened. You reviewed this fort by driving by it. Come on, Loretta. Last one. Janie Bido. Janie Bido. Janie Bido. Here we go. Last quote. And I quote, historical, dot, 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 not safe for kids, end quote. Hmm. What does she mean by not safe by, for kids? Was, was it the ghost, Janie? It had to be. Is that why it's not safe for Her kids? Her and Mary are neighbors. It's not safe for kids, those dang ghosts. And then historical. Is history not safe for kids? Is that it? Hmm. Historical. Not safe for kids. They're going to learn about that stuff. We've got to keep it from them. (laughs) Got to keep it from them. Nope. Janie, you confuse me. You confuse me. Justin, are you ready? Are you ready for the hardest birthday suit? This is the middle one, huh? This is the hardest one. I put it in the middle. Fine. I I will be amazed if you get this one. All right, come on. Born on September 20th, 1878 in Baltimore, Maryland. He moved to New York City when he was extremely young and developed a crazy love for reading. Nice. He entered the City College of New York when he was 13 years old. Wow. He wrote jokes, dime novels, and magazine articles in Boys Weekly to pay for his tuition, which he did. He graduated and then started studying law at Columbia. While at Columbia, he learned Spanish, German, and French. What? Uh, it's real Renaissance guy. Right Who here. learns three languages while well, you're apparently at this crazy. this person? He wrote hundreds of books, made him pretty darn famous. But overwhelmingly, his most famous book that he wrote uh, wrote was The Jungle. Hmm. Pointed out problems in food oh, processing. No. Specifically in the meat packing industry. Crap. What is his name? Oh my god. Once I figure it out, I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, I can't get my my brain on his name. I'll give you his initials. U.S. U.S.? U.S. (sighs) No. Upton Sinclair. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, man. Damn it. Died in 1968 at the age of 90. Uh, but he ran for Congress and for governor of California. Never got elected. He also wrote a book called Brass Check, which was a critique of the free press journalism in America these days. Oh, okay. wonder what he'd have to say about that journalism today. It's an interesting uh, birthday suit. That's right. Happy birthday to Upton Sinclair. Ah, Justin, I read that book in high school. it I'm is idiots. time. 
It is time for serious, bright activity. Are you ready? I'm serious. All right, listeners, we will be right back with Tyler. Keep it locked. Hey, this Rock Montana. Mucho yellow. And it's rockin' yellow on the Dot G Show. And the trap I do wide open, you know? All right, gang, welcome back to the Doc G Show. We have a special guest, Tyler Anthony, singer and guitarist for Sirius Bright. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. So you've been uh, you've been having some shows uh, recently. Been uh, been quite busy. Your your group in general is quite busy. But you had a couple of big shows uh, this 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 past week. How'd those go for you, man? Those were great. Yeah, we were uh, just got back from Nashville, Tennessee, playing a Americana Fest up there, a uh, big showcase festival. Obviously, focusing on kind of Americana music, but just roots music, folk, country in general. Um, it was really neat. A lot of great artists. We were really honored to get to be alongside of, and um, just neat to see some of this love for roots music kind of coming back around and, and getting some attention and um I saw I saw some of my my real favorites on there. I mean, you know, North Mississippi All Stars and uh, and Will Hogue. Yeah. I saw Will Hogue back about six years ago. I really I was wow. I was sort of jealous that I that I missed out on uh, on seeing a lot of those guys. Did you get any time <laughs> to actually see any other artists, or uh, was it mainly yeah, your we did. performance? <laughs> yeah, we walked around and, and caught some. We had some friends that were playing, um, but also like your, like you could guess, you kind of have to focus on the show. And, and since it's kind of an industry, it, it's kind of an industry festival since it, you know Nashville is such a hub. Yeah. Um, we were also doing some interviews, and, uh, having some meetings. Very uh, nice. So it, it, it was it was good, and then we had a show. Um, played a university. Uh, in Jackson, Tennessee, on Friday, so you, we kind of popped in and out. Very nice, very nice, man. So let's let's take it back all the way to the uh, the the uh, inception there of uh, of Sirius Bright. Your webpage says that uh, you started, you met Evan on a on a porch. How did you exactly yeah, meet on a right. on a porch? <laughs> <laughs> I know, kind of uh, cinematic. Um, well, we're from Knoxville, Tennessee, or rather, we've all like. The band and I all live here. Uh, we all went to University of Tennessee. Yeah. Um, which we won't, I guess we shouldn't talk about any sports. A l- little know. rough for you guys Florida this weekend. Just... Yeah, a little, little rough. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's okay. We'll move over that part. Um, but, yeah, I-, I had lived in Knoxville for a while, and Evan's a little younger. And um, we- I- I actually, I think it was a Saturday night on, like, um, the one we just had, yeah. There's some people over at a house watching football, um, and we were on the back porch, and uh, I was just playing my guitar, kind of just joking around, and uh, he picked up a mandolin uh, that I had, and just kind of started playing along with me. And he, had, I found out after that he had never even played the mandolin before <laughs> until that moment in time. Um, but it just it was kind of indicative of his um, his skill and ability to just. Um, kind of be a team player and also be a quick learner. Um, so not too long after that, I'd, I had been writing some songs and had been wanting to play out and asked him if he wanted to kind of hop in and back me up. And uh, we didn't know it then, but it, it was the start of something 
uh, you know, that was going to be a big part of our life for a long time. Very nice. Um, and we've just kind of been trying to figure out what the heck we're doing <laughs> ever since that moment. <laughs> well, and you guys added Luke, Matt, and Jake, uh, sort of a, a jazz trio. Um, yeah. How, how to, uh, you know, because I, I, as, as, I, I hear some influences in the music w- with that sort of feeling, but you know, y- you've got a lot of sort of, like you said, Americana and folk as it as it goes. How how do they complement so well? I mean, how does that sort of come together? You know, uh, and and how would you meet those guys? Yeah, well, we had we had Evan and I made an EP of just three songs, and. Um, it's kind of our first project, mm-hmm. and we had never even played live with any kind of like drums, and really much of any backup band. And we put a little, a little production, like you know, a little drums on um, that first EP, but we never played live before. So when we were gearing up to play a show, we were like, well, we should, we should, you know, take it to the next level and get like a, a real bassist and drummer. And uh, had a mutual friend of Matt, the bassist, and kind of tracked those guys down. They all um, attended University of Tennessee Music School. Um, and so, you know, they're trained musicians. And then part of what um, I think kind of the answer to the question is like so great about them is, you know, in jazz, it's essential that you're listening to each other. Right. You know, um, good jazz players are really empathetic mm-hmm. and they can respond and um, hold themselves back. A lot of more just like rock musicians, you know, rock drummers or whatever, it's just kind of like full force forward all the time. Oh yeah. Um, and so it was it was clear even from the very start that uh, these guys could listen well and had good taste and oh. they were kind of entrenched in, um, you I- know, the classics. and. and I'm the drummer you're talking about as far as that rock drummer. I'm that guy that has no ability. I come in four on the floor, and I just rock out. And, yeah, that's, uh, (laughs) you know, that was... When I played the drums, I, obviously, when you're a drummer, you always look up to jazz drummers because they're just, they're the best. They're uh, they're amazing, like you said, at improv, at listening, at feeling the, the sort of the, the, you know, feeling the, the movements and the, uh, the music and, and, and adjusting towards it. Uh, so that's that's that you can definitely I think you can hear it in your music as far as uh, as as far as them backing you in in a way that you get this sort of full ensemble sound, uh, which it's really good, really sounds great uh, coming together Thanks as so a much. five piece. Um, speaking of that, uh, you got some pretty awesome fans out there that have uh, been building up um, a lot of uh, a lot of dedicated fans. A couple weeks ago, I saw on Instagram you had a fan that uh, that uh, put put some of your lyrics on a on a tattoo that they had on their on their yeah. arm. I mean, uh, what's what's that feel like to know that uh, your your art has affected someone so much that they they're like, you know what? That's going on my body forever. <laughs> I know it is wild. And um, I mean, when I first started writing songs, I was probably 15, and it was a very personal, private thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of processing life or just doing it because it was fun yeah. um, and it really wasn't until about five years ago that I ever shared those songs publicly and um, 
just been a really kind of like you're saying just a really powerful meaningful experience and I think you know what it's taught me is that as humans we all experience so much of the same feeling mm-hmm. you know have so many of the same experiences and um, even if you're so different from somebody or you know you know different upbringing or experience you can still have these same emotions uh, whether it's heartbreak or joy sad confusion you know the list goes on and can get more complicated but uh, it's just a beautiful thing and um, has has been a really 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 meaningful like experience for me ironically enough when I was in college I thought that I was going to be um, a counselor so I was getting like a psychology degree and you're, you're working on uh, that now. You're working on that on a, on a popular <laughs> level. You're you're reaching people over over the airwaves. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and exactly, that's kind of like what I realized is like, oh, the same that part of me that wanted to connect with people, and you know, is is being fulfilled, but just in a way that I never expected. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. You you seem to be making those personal connections. I I saw in another uh, interview. You know, you uh, in Raleigh, you guys played a, a gig in someone's garage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you wanted, you wanted, you wanted to play in Raleigh. Uh, fan reached out and said, "Hey, you guys can play in my backyard." And you guys were like, "All right." And went there. It rained, so you guys just played in the garage instead and just crammed everybody in the garage. And you said that was just a, a, a really uh, sort of. Uh, memorable moment of your career um, and yeah that, yeah. that, that had to be, how many people were in that garage uh, there's probably I don't know maybe 50 to 75 <laughs> um, and yeah that was really neat when we released our uh, album which I guess we can talk about in a second um, last summer we actually booked a whole tour called the close up tour with that very kind of moment in mind of you know, we had we had toured for a couple of years, and you know the bars and the venues are awesome, and you can have this big, you know, production and sound and everything. But there are barriers that come along with that too, and we kind of wanted to just have a have a tour that just focused on some of the closeness and intimacy that comes when you're all just packed in a room, and, and to not you know be so you know high on our horse or anything that. We, we forget that all this is just about connecting with people. You know, you can get kind of caught up in the machine of trying to grow the business side of it or, you know, having to, uh, you know, giving off the perception that you're a rock star, you get it all together. But those, those moments when it's just you and people sharing art and music in the night and you can have a drink and talk afterwards, that's kind of what it's all about. And, uh, those moments are just great reminders of that and really anchor our whole, you know, our whole experience of all of this. Yeah, let, let, well, let's, you, you brought it up there. Let's let's talk about uh, your newest album, Excuses, that came out uh, just uh, about a little over a year ago. I've uh, been doing really well. A lot of good songs on there. I really en- enjoy the, the whole thing. Um, how, how has the reception been uh, relative to the, uh, the last album? Um, as far as uh, how's the touring been going uh, and the responses you've been getting as far as excuses? 
yeah, it's, it's been really great. We've been really thankful. Um, this was our first, excuse is our first full length album. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had two EPs before that. And, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to gauge because as we go into our, you know, hopefully we're just making, you know, more fans. So every time we release something, hopefully if it's good and, you know, more people will like it and know about it from, you know, the onset. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that was what was neat is like we hadn't released anything in probably two years. So to finally have something new out and that was great. And a lot of the songs we had been playing live for a while or had written a long time before. Mm-hmm. And so to let them finally get out into the world just felt like such a release. And, uh, it, it was, it was great. And also hard to do because, you know, as we, when we first started, it was such like a DIY, like when we first started the band, you know, and you're like, oh, this is fun. But by the time we were going to release Excuses, we had experienced some of the industry side of it and wanted to just make it as good as we could. So there was pressure that we were putting on ourselves to just, you know, well, do it really well and, you know, all that stuff. So right after it came out, you you definitely had a, uh, a bump in the road. Uh, the house and re- rehearsal space that you guys use uh, was burglarized and then set on fire. Um, while you yeah. were on tour, I mean that's yeah. that's one hell of a way to come home from a tour. Uh, and, I know. And your and your your response was uh, was great because I mean basically your response was let's let's pick up and go and and you guys did a live performance of Silver Lining in the uh, burn space which I thought was uh, pretty uh, uh, you know poignant as far as the, as the meaning of the song and as far as you guys continuing yeah. I mean. Uh, uh, how how did you guys continue? I mean, how did you know how did how did you pick up the pieces from that? Well, yeah, it, it was it was a wild experience. I mean, I remember we were up, we had just played a show in Connecticut, and you know the bandmates get a call from like the fire department, and it, you know we didn't quite know the full extent of it until you know a couple of days later, and. It, it was just unbelievable because like you're saying two of the guys actually lived there so all their personal things that they didn't have with them were just completely burned up I mean they, they really like, just torched the whole place and so we were reeling and you know did one of those GoFundMe kind of crowdsourcing things and just because people were starting to offer once they heard to help mm-hmm. and uh, we actually raised uh, I think over 20 grand in a matter of like a week, which just absolutely floored us. And it, it kind of to answer your question, I mean, it was like such a bizarre experience because simultaneously, you're like, how could someone be this terrible? To yeah. Like break in and burn everything. Because it, it's like, yeah, you can break in and steal the stuff. That's fine. But like, there's so much stuff that just was ruined. You know, yeah. it just was so destructive. And there was, recording equipment that they didn't take. And they just just sitting there charged. It's like 10 grand worth of just stuff. And just, what in the world? But to also experience the generosity and support of people, it it just, we weren't able to walk away just being cynical because we had experienced so much love. And actually the the support 
was so much more powerful than the disruption for us emotionally. And, you know, it, it was just such a reminder that people have connected with us and with the music and didn't want us to stop. And, and that just empowered us so much and, you know, allowed us on the financial side too to kind of pick up the pieces and, um, replace stuff that needed to be and kind of get those guys that had lost a lot kind of back on back on their feet and you know in another spot and what and what i saw on (laughs) on the page actually you guys were waiting on a quote for insurance before that happened (laughs) which is just horrible i mean talk about i mean just horrible irony oh man we really could have used that That is. Yeah, it, it was wild. And it was like, it had been like taking an extra long time to work with the insurance company because it was like a, the space was like a mix of personal and like business. Yeah. And we also travel. So like it, it was just complicated. And so, because I had reached out like a couple weeks before mm. um, and was in those conversations. So it was just. So uh, it was just pretty awful. So with another landscape, this one a little bit less serious, but still serious. I noticed uh, back I think around spring area, you uh, you cut your hair. You uh, I did. You you, you <laughs> went you you went short there. I mean, uh, I did. That's pretty. That's pretty serious. How to how how uh, what what made the change? I had had long hair for, for those in the airwaves that don't know. I hadn't had long hair for probably three or four years. Um, and it, it was just something that I, you know, kind of the post-college, like, why not? You know, like, let's just do it. And I just, like, let it grow out. And then it kind of became part of, you know, you start to kind of, like, embrace that. You're like, oh, this is who I am, the long hair guy. Yeah. Uh, but... I've got long it, hair. It, it, I can't it, let it go. I've had it for 12 years now. I just, I don't know. I was like, <laughs> oh man, he cut it. Oh, that's, uh, that's crazy. I was, how, how have the fans responded? Are they okay with it? Do they seem to embrace so the, the far, short so hair? Good. Okay, good. I was afraid that it was going to be one of those like Samson scenarios where I cut my hair and I lose all my mojo or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, but everything's in one piece and, uh, you know, my wife especially is the happiest <laughs> about it because so there's really your answer there. She's like, okay, you can clean up a little bit if you want. Um, but honestly, <laughs> I'm just lazy, so like it got that long, especially because I just kind of was like, yeah. Well, that's that's what I tell people. You know, people are like, oh, why do you have your... And I'm like, it's easier than having short hair. You don't have to, like, style it. You just pull it back, and that's it. You forget about it, you know? And if you have it down, you just sort of put it behind your ears, and you forget about it. It's way easier. And then you you kind of... You got (laughs) to actually... You got to sort of style it so you don't look like some, uh, you know, crazy person with your hair going everywhere. But, uh... One other thing I saw on the Instagram that I that I uh, wanted to mention, I saw on your Instagram that you guys uh, went to the zoo one day and you had a picture with uh, Big Al, the tortoise. Um, <laughs> yeah. That guy looked awesome. So, he was huge. Yeah. I was at the zoo with my wife and was walking around and we were, you know, the zoo's great. Yeah. And then the zoo keeper comes up and she's like, are you, are you serious, Bright? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And, you know, because it's in Knoxville, kind of hometown. Yeah. You know, 
we've been around here the longest, so most likely to have someone that knows. And uh, she happened to be a big fan, and she was like, "Well, can I give you a tour?" And uh, like like what you're saying, so she she is like the uh, caretaker for this big old tortoise. It's like over 500 pounds. Is like 150 years old, which if you really think about it, that's like almost as old as our country. Yeah. Like, if you do the math, you're like, oh my goodness, like the 1850s. Yeah, that that tur- uh, that, that tur- tortoise was coming about during the Civil War. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, I saw and that. Wild is, Go ahead. He, he's like, I didn't know this, but I mean, he has such a personality. It, it was like it was like a very slow dog. <laughs> like it like came up to us and it wanted to be pet and she has all these anecdotes about how like if it she goes to clean the cage he'll sit on the hose so that she can't leave <laughs> so he's like smarter he's with it and he's 150 I'm like oh my goodness felt like pet- petting a dinosaur it was it was still wild, sharp so. man so if any listeners are out there in the knoxville area make sure to stop by and see big al he seems like he's a big al he is the man a fun time man uh, yeah, it looked like, I mean, you know, I wouldn't mind feeding him a, a few pieces of lettuce. I'm guessing that's what he enjoys. Uh, most, yeah. most tortoises enjoy lettuce. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're getting up close to a break. So let me ask you, what would be the best, uh, way for, um, listeners to keep up with your music? How can they sort of keep touch, uh, with you guys in the band? Yeah, well, we try to make it real easy. I mean, we're pretty much on every platform whether you know the the music digital streaming stuff um but also we we're on all the social media so i just say hey do the go to what you like to use and you'll probably find us there twitter Um, instagram you're all at a a handle of serious bright and then and we should probably spell it it, because the serious is spelled differently it's spelled c-e-r-e-u-s right right uh it's named after a flower so just in case anyone is wanting to Look that up. That's right. That's how you find it. So, Sirius Bright and your website, Sirius Bright, if they want to check it out there. So, SiriusBright.com. And then, like you said, on Apple Music, on Spotify, on Google Play, you can check it out there. I've got them uh, linked up on uh, on SoundCloud and on uh, Apple Music. Um, So, I want to thank you for being on the show, Tyler. It's been a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. No problem, man. Uh, right now, we're actually going to hear a song off of the newest album, off of Excuses. This is Wasted Time by Sirius Bright. Keep it locked here on the Doc G Show.
All right, all right. We are back. Hi. Serious. Right. Man. Good group right there, man. Heading out to Tennessee. Got got big things in their future, man. They've already done big things. I'm happy. I'm happy that we got to have them on the show. Hopefully, we'll get them back in the studio. Seriously. Seriously, right? Oh, my gosh. Anyways, guys, <laughs> if you haven't checked out their music, check it out. I mean, aside from what we gave you, the little taste we gave you on the show. Stella. Justin, last birthday suit. You ready to go? This one's hard, too. Girl, come on. It doesn't get any easier, man. I don't like how you're testing me. I'm sorry, man. It was a... It was a Sort of a, a low week as far as as far as famous. Folks. I get it. All right, here we go. <laughs> September twentieth, nineteen forty-eight. Oh, piss! In Bayonne, Bayonne, New Jersey. Bayonne. Bayonne, New Jersey. Bayonne, Bayonne. Like our last birthday suit wearer, he was a voracious reader as a kid. Loved to read. He began writing monster stories for pennies to give to other children in the neighborhood, and he also wrote about mythical kingdoms. A birthday suit wearer earned a BS in journalism from Northwestern University, and then also received a master's in journalism from Northwestern University. He went on to teach several college uh, classes, and then he wrote all types of books, games, movies, and TV shows. However, his most famous series of books that he ever wrote were a fantasy series called A Song of Ice and Fire. Oh, come on, man. You can't do this to me. Who is it? You thought this was going to be hard. You, I watched the show, yeah. man. Who is it? It's George R.R. R. Martin, man. Okay, there it is. Yeah, man. There it is. George R.R. Martin. He's awesome, man. He's it. He, he, knows, he knows how to just tear your heart apart. But also put it back together. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's gonna be a quote uh, in the newspaper uh, for I his birthday, so. right there. That's it, man. He knows how to, he just knows which 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 parts. I'm, to I'm hit. impressed you got you got it just off of a song of ice and fire. I didn't even yeah. have to say Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to he, go uh, into the first of the that's, series. That's there. the book, man. Yeah, it's the book. Have I'm you, trying to get into it. I'm trying to get into have it. Have you you not read the whole book series? I haven't read the whole book okay. series because oh. I know it's been like. Like he wrote those books a long time ago, yeah. and they just recently became a series. So. Yeah, yeah, he wrote them pretty good long, long while ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's his birthday, no doubt. Turning the big six nine, nice. oh, the big six, six nine. nine. What? Yeah. Thank you, GRM. J- just to let you know, he still writes on a computer that runs DOS. You know what? Wow. An old school computer. Comp commands. He is writing. Don't fix it if it ain't broken, you Uh, know? Apparently not. He wears wears suspenders a lot. He does. And then the hat. Yeah. The beret. beret. It's like a golfer's cat. It's like a Kangol hat sort of deal. Um, it's cool. I like it. It works for when you're a a, a rotund squatty man. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying you look good, George R. R. Martin. You look good for sixty nine. Squatty man. Uh, happy birthday, George R. R. Martin. Uh, all right, Justin. It's that time, man. We're finished. This it's is the end time. of the show. Sad Closing time. time. I'm getting ready for the cliche. Are you ready? It was a great show. Can you believe it? Oh, I can't. What? It was nuts. Unbelievable. Man. 
I seriously. Hats off to Tyler Anthony for being on the show with us. That was a great time. Serious Bright, if you are in the area, go watch a man, or just go on their website and buy a shirt. Sweet. You know what? Me and me Get and that merch. Me and Tyler are gonna switch shirts. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a Doc G shirt. He's gonna give me a Serious Bright shirt. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. Switch shirts. Anywho, guys, this has been the Doc G show. I've been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Justin, Hype City, I'm Evangelista. Here. He is here, as always. Let's ride. Until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Woohoo!